A major injury update for the San Francisco 49ers on a quick turnaround for Thursday night football at the Seattle Seahawks. Debo Samuel gets really good news, could even return before the playoffs. And Brock Purdy actually got dinged up on Sunday. All that and more coming up on today's Locked On 49ers. You are Locked On 49ers, your daily San Francisco 49ers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On 49ers. Brian Peacock and Eric Crocker with you at BD Peacock at Eric underscore Crocker. Thanks for making us your first listen here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode of Locked On 49ers is sponsored by Simply Safe Home Security. With fast protect technology exclusively from Simply Safe, 24-7 monitoring agents capture evidence to accurately verify a threat for faster police response. There's no safe like Simply Safe. Visit simplysafe.com slash locked on NFL to learn more. Huge injury updates here for the San Francisco 49ers. We got to start with Debo Samuel. And uh, Debo Samuel went to Twitter actually to maybe think a higher power that might have had something to do with his injury. And it looked really bad when he was carted off the field, his head in his hands. Really emotional moment. Turns out, okay, not an ACL. It's an ankle injury, not a broken ankle. looks like maybe an ankle sprain. And now after MRI's croc, great news, maybe a four- to five-week injury, which means Debo Samuel could be back on the field for the 49ers maybe at the end of the regular season and most likely in time to play in the playoffs. And that is fantastic news. Uh, Debo Samuel dodging, dodging a serious injury. After seeing the video of the injury, after watching the replay, after watching him get carted off the field, What's the percentage of a chance that you give it that, oh, he'll be back before the season ends? Uh, I'm 100% done for the year. I was like, oh, I was like, man, this is December. Hope he's ready for week one, 2023. That was my mm. thought. Yeah. So to <laughs> hear the news that, you know, you just told me, and this is my first time hearing that. I've been, you know, training athletes, doing all type of different stuff. We recording locked on NFL draft. Make sure y'all listen to that. But, uh, did not hear that great news. I was worried that it was a high ankle sprain. And, you know, we've talked about a lot with 49er players, high ankle sprains. I've talked about my experience with a high ankle sprain. Not ideal. That's something that's difficult. Four to six weeks, you're off the shelf. But they're talking about a sprained ankle, a knee, a sprained knee or MCL. I think that's definitely the best case scenario, not just for him, but for the 49ers as well, and not just for the, all the, I mean, it's just Brock Purdy, right? He needs all the weapons that he can get. So uh, I think that's great, great, great news. Awesome news. Oh, by the way, uh, also something that uh, Debo Samuel took to social media to clear up. He said, quote, my apologies for stepping over the cameraman. Definitely didn't realize I did that until I watched the tape. Was just in the moment. Apologies, my guy. So, yeah, <laughs> that was hilarious. I was like, man, it's kind of savage. Debo runs over the cameraman, just steps over him. And uh, <laughs> I, I, he was just in the zone right there. It was funny because uh, there was somebody else. There was a couple players with him. One was Mike McGlinchey, and Mike McGlinchey just stared at the cameraman, too. And I don't know if they had, if he was like, asked him if he was all right or anything. I thought he was going to help him up. He didn't. It was kind of like, geez, okay, 49ers, just, just running over the camera guy, leaving him there on the ground. But I guess it's not surprising with McGlinchey either because he doesn't pick up his own quarterbacks if he allows a sack. Right. Um, uh, yeah, we, we've seen McGlinchey just yeah. run off the field. <laughs> he literally just stared he at as he came off the field like maybe nobody will notice that he gave up a sack. <laughs> he, he, he literally just stared at Trey Lance. Uh, no, nah, I'm not going to help him up. Ran off. And they did the same thing to Jimmy Garoppolo. People thought it was like, all the veterans, they don't like Trey Lance. Yeah. Then like the very next week, gave up a sack. 
on Jimmy Garoppolo. Jimmy Garoppolo's on the ground and uh, and it's just and it's the same little trot every time. But I didn't even see the cameraman get knocked over. I saw people tweeting about it, how nobody helped him up. But uh, I have to go back and check that out. That's hilarious. He stepped right over him. There's that. Uh, there, see a lot in basketball. It's more of a basketball move, right? Where you, uh, where you. Step Allen over. Iverson, Tyron Lue. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it was totally Allen Iverson. Uh, How did you not know you stepped over him like that, dude? I, like Debo's. That's what because a lot of people like. And actually, we'll get to this a little bit later. Talk about some Christian McCaffrey usage, and uh, and Debo Samuel, and you know some fans blaming. Kyle Shanahan and, and the usage of Debo Samuel. I don't want to see him carrying the ball and stuff because you can get hurt more often as a running back. Um, but Debo's wired in a way, and I think this kind of points to that is like he, he's wired differently. He's not gonna he's gonna run over people. He's gonna fight for yardage, and you want someone to go down and not have to fight and you know and, and maybe protect themselves a little bit more, and maybe that would help him not get injured like he did if he's not trying to fight through you know, linebackers and defensive linemen for extra yardage, but he's just not wired that way. And I think that kind of points to that is that he's in such a zone uh, after scoring a touchdown and, and, and trying to get to that pylon, he doesn't even, you know, he doesn't even realize like blackout mode. All right. Well, all football. I think that's exciting. I think that's probably what Kyle likes about him. That does Kyle mm -hmm. Shanahan take you as the person that will knock somebody over, then help them up. Uh, <laughs> no, I, I could see, I mean, he, does it feel like he's so focused on the job at hand? Right. That, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know yeah. what you mean. Like, so not like, that he just doesn't want to pick somebody up, but he's, just, he's so focused on what it is that he's trying to execute that I feel like he could just completely like miss the fact that he just ran somebody over. <laughs> I totally like if he if he like uh, accidentally clotheslines someone with a with a cable that's connected to his headset or something, and he would just be like right in the next play called, not even worried about what happened to a guy right. Uh, that's right next to him. I, I could absolutely see that. And he I, he likes players that are wired that certain way. That's one of the things they talked about with Christian McCaffrey. It's been one of the most um, I, I guess not much of a pleasant surprise because we kind of already knew who Christian McCaffrey was, but the way he's wired and um, and and all business. And you've seen that even more since we've gotten to know him a little bit better since he's been on the 49ers. And the same with Brock Purdy, too, right? Like, uh, you could see, it's really easy to see why the 49ers liked Brock Purdy. Uh, in fact, there was a great quote after the game from Brock Purdy, and he essentially, I'm, I'm paraphrasing both the reporter and Brock Purdy here, but basically the question was, why are you playing so good as a rookie, Brock Purdy? And his answer was, uh, Kyle tells me what to do, and I do it. And I was like, oh, dude, that's like there's a total bromance you could see like developing here <laughs> with with Kyle Shanahan and Brock Purdy. Like that answer is perfect. Isn't that the perfect answer that you think Kyle Shanahan would want to hear his young quarterback say? I, I would. Yes, of course, that. And when you watch them play and that's what I tried to kind of explain to people kind of what they were seeing, because everybody's kind of going crazy right now, of course. Right. A lot of we'll call it a uh, uh, Brock mania. Pretty uh, mania? mania, yeah, pretty mania, Brock mania, the Brockalypse, yeah, just not the other one. But yeah, no. people say they said they don't care if we don't want to call him Big Cock Bird Bird Purdy or whatever. They don't they don't care. We don't want to say that Big Cock Brock. Like I, I just don't want to say that. Yeah, we, but anyways, we for sure. Uh, uh, just watching him and not to pin him against Jimmy Garoppolo or any other quarterback on his roster, but. The big thing with Kyle Shanahan is he says that the they make this or the system makes the quarterback, not the other way around. But there are those scenarios situations where he needs the quarterback to make him right. 
And I think right now what he's getting from Purdy is small sample size, but he's getting a version of a quarterback that, hey, when I'm right, he's making those plays. And when I'm wrong as a play caller, he's making me right. And I think that's all Kyle Shanahan has ever wanted. More on Purdy in a minute because I have some ideas of of why and and some good um, evidence as to why Brock Purdy might be a little bit more advanced than some people might have expected, me included, coming into this run for the 49ers of him playing quarterback and coming into his rookie year, period, and why he might have made the 49ers like him so much and why he was going to beat out Nate Sudfeld for the 49ers roster. Um couple more injury notes here really quick. I didn't even realize he got hurt during the game, but Dante Johnson torn ACL, which is unfortunate for, for Dante Johnson. Kevin Givens, his injury is a sprained uh, MCL in his knee, so he'll be out for at least a few weeks there. And we'll talk a little bit more about Brock Purdy's injury. Uh, an oblique slash rib injury is what I'm seeing here. Day-to-day for Brock Purdy. Could we see Josh Johnson, another starting quarterback for the 49ers on Thursday in Seattle next. Today's episode of Lockdown 49ers is brought to you by our friends at betonline.net, your number one source for sports betting, information, statistics, news, and analysis this season. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there from pro football to college bowl season to basketball and world cup soccer. We've got it all at betonline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those as well at betonline. I actually saw an interesting uh, piece at, uh, from bet online from some of the emails we get from, from them about some lines and how things are moving. And it showed which players have the most impact on line movements in the NFL and basically how many points a player is worth, like the top quarterbacks like Mahomes and and Josh Allen are worth eight points alone by themselves on a line. And sometimes you think it might even should be more than that, but the 49ers didn't really have a quarterback that moved the line like that right now. And maybe Brock Purdy can start to become that. But the guy that moves the line the most for the 49ers is Nick Bosa. And uh, he's among the top few defensive players. He moves the line about two points just on his own as a defensive player. So I thought that was really interesting, but you can find all the lines every week, including this Thursday nighter with the 49ers and the Seahawks at bet online, head over to the website or use your mobile device to learn more at bet online, where the game starts. And I thank you once again, everybody for making locked on 49ers, your first listen today for your second listen today, check out locked on sports today. Croc in fact is on Monday's edition of locked on sports talking about Brock Purdy in the San Francisco 49ers with Peter Bukowski from the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights only locked on can provide locked on sports today available on this app, YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Have you ever had a strained oblique Croc? Uh, not that I know of, but my wife would tell you, I don't complain about a whole lot. So if I did have a strain oblique, I probably just, I'm just going to just work through it or play through it. So I don't know. I don't See, know. That probably I, means no. I tend, I think you didn't because I was shocked how bad an oblique injury affected me. And uh, obviously not a pro athlete or anything, but I was out like I couldn't play. And for a rotational athlete, like you're throwing a football, like you're going to use a lot of that with a lot of those muscles. I absolutely could not throw. I, I I probably missed a month's worth of slow pitch softball because of an oblique. Now I don't have Toradol that they could shoot me with. I'm just going with, uh, you know, um, whatever aspirin or whatever um, ibuprofen 
at the time. But man, it knocked me out. I could not believe it. It was hard to do anything with a with an oblique injury. So I wouldn't be shocked at all if after the after the adrenaline wore down from Sunday that Brock Purdy might have been feeling it a little bit. He said that uh, he would have totally been able to play the rest of the game, you know, if it wasn't out of hand and a blowout. But uh, that might have been the reason that we saw Josh Johnson, and maybe Josh Johnson wouldn't even have played much in that game if at all if Brock Purdy didn't have the oblique injury, and it came when he got hit. Croc. So, um, also, obviously, you don't want your players getting hit, right? Because you know what happens when you get hit? You get hurt. And we've seen it now with two quarterbacks. We've seen it with Debo Samuel. We don't need to see it with another quarterback, Brock Purdy, missing time because he's playing so well. But there is a chance, and we'll find out when they start practicing. And, and it'll be very light practices, I'm sure, this week, getting ready for Thursday. Uh, we'll find out tomorrow who's on the field. And there's a chance that we see another starting quarterback, Croc, and Josh Johnson. Like uh, no, in, no, not trying to, try to knock those Seahawks out and, and clinch the West. And Josh Johnson might be the quarterback. I mean, uh, I still bet that they'll that that it'll be Brock Purdy. But obliques are tricky. Like this is a short turnaround. A lot of these injuries, man. This this is tough. And it's one of the reasons I want. I was I was calling for Kyle to start sitting guys pretty early in the second half of that football game because of the quick turnaround, and he didn't want to see any more of those little injuries like what happened to Brock Purdy. Well, Kyle said he can't sit, guys, because he has two games that specifically stick out in his mind. One, a Super Bowl against the uh, New England Patriots when he was up 28-3. to He definitely <laughs> thinks about that game right away. And then the other one and is... And that happened to be against the same quarterback that he was on the field with against Sunday. Right. Which doesn't so help. Like, All right, I've already been through this with this guy and <laughs> not letting it happen again. But then the other game... And he brought it up, the Detroit Lions game, where it's like, well, we're up 41-17. What's yep. the worst that can happen? Let's start taking guys out. Next thing you know, they're down one score and driving with timeouts left and trying to win the game. So there's no way that he's going to prematurely take yep. anyone out. He has to know without a shadow of a doubt that this game is out of hand. Now, I'm you, at you know what he did do, though? You know what he did do, though, is he kind of. He he pulled back on some guys, but he just didn't bench. He didn't he didn't have them sit down completely. So there was a couple drives where Nick Bosa was like, "Okay, Nick Bosa's out of the game." Uh, but then on third down, he kind of came back in, and it was the same with Christian McCaffrey. It was Mason running the ball, but then on third down, Christian McCaffrey came back in. So he's kind of like, I think he's hedging a little bit there. But that's better than having him, you know, having Christian McCaffrey run first and second down when you're up four scores. I like that approach. I can respect that approach. Because, I yeah, I mean, first probably. of all, I think people just think you can do like the NBA and just sub out all your starters and bring in a whole new yeah. unit. You don't have enough guys for that, especially if <laughs> how banged up the 49ers are. The, right. The, college, you can. But, like, you know, because college, you have, like, over 100 guys on the roster and just whoever's there, they can suit up, they can play. And even red shirts, you don't use your eligibility unless you suit up in five games. So, college, you can put in a whole new unit. NFL, not only can you not put in a whole new unit, how many of these guys have gotten like legit reps to actually play? So you got in, you have to keep in enough guys to make sure that th this game doesn't get weird or, you know, kind of awkward and get into a weird moment to where now it is the Detroit Lions game all over again. You know what's funny about the 28 to 3 thing and the Super Bowl is the, the reason the window was opened a little bit extra for the Patriots to come back is because Kyle wasn't conservative enough and was throwing when he should have been running and getting sacked, you know? And so there's um, it's, it's funny because he probably could have shut it down more and helped his cause in that Super Bowl, But the way he sees it, 
and it's not surprising again the way he's wired we're talking a lot about the way people are wired today um he's wired in a different way to um to really use all hands on deck to win the thing right in front of him and, and it's the, it's the way it's it's why he likes Debo because Debo's wired that way. It's why he likes Christian McCaffrey. Christian McCaffrey's wired that way, and I think that's uh, pretty much how we're seeing that Brock Purdy's wired as well. And, and not only that, but the New England Patriots. I know we're kind of getting off of, uh, another topic, but yeah. they needed every single thing to go their way, right? Like you needed a sack, strip, fumble on third down with a guy running wide open and, and return it back for a touchdown. Yeah. You needed julian edelman or who or amandola whoever that receiver was to catch a ball that's this far away from the ground right like mm -hmm. it, like they needed so much you needed to go for two and get the two-point conversion there were so many different things i bet their win probability was at uh 99 in favor of the atlanta falcons because of everything that the patriots need to go their way and unfortunately everything just went their way that's like the most drastic you got the Falcons with like a minute left in scoring position, right? They're up eight in scoring position, a minute left. This game is over. And who would have thought that you throw, get in really good position to kick a field goal. Oh, no, holding on the offensive line. Mm -hmm. So then now, and everybody forgets that, then now you got to throw the next time. And then a guy uh, sacks your quarterback, and now you're out of field goal range. I mean, it was just... Mm -hmm. That was a mess. I know they were looking on the sideline like, yeah. what the hell? And they were still a, a score closer than the 49ers game against uh, against the Bucks too. So I right. think the, the Niners would have been okay sitting guys, but uh, I can yeah. totally – I mean, I'm not surprised at all that, that Kyle Shanahan would, would not feel that way. Um, and it's, it's his ass on the line and not mine. So, yeah. Um, Brock Purdy. Why is he so advanced, Croc? right now more advanced than he should. And I, I've seen some people say like, why does he look so much more comfortable than maybe Trey Lance has? And I, I think the main answer is really simple. And it's the question we've kind of asked all along with Trey Lance is when is he going to get that? When is he going to get the reps? When is he going to get that experience? Because Brock Purdy hits all seven of the old school Bill Parcells commandments, which top quarterback. Have we brought up, that up and looked at it? Have we brought it up? I think we might have brought it up, uh, but I just looked at it earlier today because I want to remind myself exactly what they are. And some of them are kind of archaic and almost no first round picks anymore are going to have it because it's um, it's stay in college for four years, be a senior, graduate from college, start 30 games, win 23 of those games, um, two to one touchdown to interception ratio and 60 percent passer. So 60% passer is pretty easy. Most guys have that now. Kyle, or, um, and Trey Lance only had two of those seven, and it was the the two-to-one touchdown to interception ratio and the 60% passer. He had none of the, the longevity stuff. And the reason why Bill Parcells wants that, because he wants players who have been through things, who know how to command a huddle, who are winners, who are leaders, and all those things. you know. And Brock Purdy, seven out of seven. He hits all of them. There was actually zero quarterbacks in the 2021 draft, Trey Lance's draft, that hit that. Trey Lance has had the fewest in, in two out of seven. Brock Purdy's seven out of seven. He hits them all. And he's even old. He's even though he's drafted a year later, he's older than Trey Lance, too, even though he's still pretty young. Um Kenny Pickett this year was also seven of seven, hit all the commandments, four-year player at Pitt and uh Desmond Ritter, who's gonna get his first NFL start after this week, uh, after the bye in week 15. And, and so we'll see what he looks like and see if he looks more advanced for a rookie, too. So this year, oddly enough, there was three of those quarterbacks. Brock Purdy was one of them. 
But I think that's the biggest reason. Like, he's played a lot. He's experienced so much more than Trey Lance. It's probably why he looks more comfortable. And again, the way he's wired, uh, you know, he's prepared. He's he's He acts like a pro right now. I'm not saying that Trey Lance doesn't. Um, but I, I think that's why, as a rookie, he can look a little bit more advanced than maybe we would have expected a rookie to look. And I just go back to that answer where he said, well, Kyle Shanahan tells me what to do and I do it. I mean, it's just like he makes it sound so simple. It's hilarious. And it's like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. That probably helps uh, a quarterback to do what his the guy who's calling the plays wants them to do. I don't think he gives himself enough credit, though, because like, yeah, you do what he tells you. But you've been able to do some of these things under big time duress and under circumstances that are less than ideal for you, but still be able to execute what it is that he's asking you to do. I think that's the thing most that Kyle Shanahan probably will fall in love with for him. Again, we are not apples to apples, but it is a very similar situation and still different because Kyle handpicked Trey Lance, but Arjun three Kirk Cousins and just what Kirk Cousins was, played a bunch of years probably at Michigan State. Like how many years did Cousins play at Michigan State? I'm sure he's there. surprised if it's all four? I'm sure he was there for five years, redshirt senior, and probably started for at least three years. Yeah. Right. He's a pretty so, skinny kid coming into college. I remember seeing an old photo of him from high school. He's like 155 pounds or something crazy. So he might have sat for a couple years, but I, I'm sure he started at least three years at Michigan State. Yeah. And so, that's one of the comps. That's one of the comps for Brock Purdy is like, as far as Shanahan quarterbacks go, very similar to Kirk Cousins. He's like a two-inch shorter Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins and Purdy ran almost identical 40-yard times at the Combine as well. And Cousins wasn't like a, you know, big, super big in stature or anything like that coming out. Um, and won a lot of games. And, you know, competitive guy. Prepared. I think it's a pretty good comp. You know who actually had a really good comp? Three-year starter for Cousins, too, by the way. Three-year starter. Okay. Uh, he was there in 2000. Now, if he redshirted a year and just did not play at all, that's not listed here, but he definitely mm-hmm. 2008, 2009, 2010, 2011. He was there for four years. He was a senior mm-hmm. quarterback when he left Michigan State. Okay. So. Yeah. And Purdy started all four years. He started as a true freshman too at uh, right. at Iowa State or maybe as a registered freshman. No, it was like halfway through his true freshman year. Okay. I think that's okay. when he started. I mean, but there's a lot of yeah, experience. Lot. Started lots more, more than what we're talking about with. Trailers, oh, right? Yeah, yeah. Like crazy and, amounts of yardage, crazy, crazy games, um, elevated the program. They won a lot. They actually their the worst record I think they had was his last year. I think that's why he maybe wasn't as hot of a name. I think he was a hotter name when he was a junior than after his senior year. Because maybe I think the team didn't do as well. But his numbers, yeah, he was 70% passer his senior year. Right. I, I think the toughest thing in, in all this for Trey Lance is Trey Lance probably needed to go to a team that was not as good or did not have as much expectations for his specific situation. Yeah. Because we have seen that he is a guy that is talented, right? Like he's oh, no doubt. showing no you he can do he can do everything. But there's just this inconsistencies and there's this not sure exactly how to be a leader. Has leadership qualities, right? He's a sharp mm-hmm. young kid, he's smart, all those things, but he's never had to do it. Like I've been in college. I a, a red shirt freshman quarterback. It's like, dude, you're a kid. Like he's still a kid. Yeah, he was like 19. 19 years old. Yeah. And you can be a leader, quote unquote, in the sense of you're the best player on your team, which he was. And, and one thing, if you want to give him something, oh, okay, you want to draft a guy and you make sure, you know, if you play at the FCS level, did you dominate? He dominated the FCS level. Mm. Right. But still there's this element of, 
a lot of things that he just has never done. And those are things that he just needed to learn by playing and doing and going out there and figuring it out. Unfortunately, you don't really have the time to just figure it out with a team that everybody expects to go to the Super Bowl. So that's the first notch against you. Then you're bringing a guy like Brock Purdy who just, he like well, he's been there. He's done that. Checks off seven for seven on uh, Bill Parcells' commandments. So that is where people are like, oh, this is what it's supposed to look like. Well, yeah, that's what it's supposed to look like. And Brock Purdy knows that because of his experiences from college that Trey Lance just does not have. I think there are a lot of people trying to write off Trey Lance in this process, and it's like, it is tough. It is an uphill battle for him because those are things that he still has to learn. He, he Is he stepping in the huddle telling guys, hey, man, can you guys chill out? we got to focus up here. Trey Lance is probably like, you know, Hey, homies, you know, we're all cool here, but hey, can you guys uh, focus a little bit more, right? Like, he's still trying to find his place because he's so young. Still, right now, to this day, the youngest quarterback in the NFL, Trey Lance. Don't, don't you remember when Jimmy Garoppolo first showed up and the, the hype was very similar to what we're feeling right now and what we're starting to see build with, with uh, Brock Purdy? Remember, that was the thing with him in the huddle. He came in and was like, hey, guys, shut up when the call, when the play was coming in. It's like he's used yeah. to it, something completely different under Bill Belichick, right? And, and like they, they were Even loud. Nick Mullins. Yeah, during the game. But, I think Mullins, well, Mullins was yelling at Kyle Shanahan, remember? <laughs> he's like, I mean, that's even, that's even crazier than yelling at your teammates. He's <laughs> telling Kyle Shanahan to shut up in his helmet. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. I, I've got the best, uh, my favorite comp for Brock Purdy. The, the the best pro comparison from a former quarterback next and also i've been i, I i've been people trying to t- tell me lately that i need to take the l on the christian mccaffrey trade so we'll get into that a little bit next prize picks is daily fantasy made easy uh you i don't know what the prize picks projection was for for brock purdy um, it might have been over 180 something yards, whatever he ended up with. But man, uh, if there was a, a first half projection, he would have blown that one out of the water. But the 49ers obviously shut it down a little bit in the second half. He didn't even play the fourth quarter. But you can find projections on any game. You can find more projections on Brock Purdy. I might take the over this week. I might take the the more than on his passing yards projections against the Seattle Seahawks on Thursday if he is able to play with that oblique going to be a really good game thursday i can't wait for that one it's an important one for the 49ers but prize picks how easy is it all you do is you pick two to five players if they score more or less than their prize picks projection you can win up to 10 times your money on any entry no competing against other people it's just you versus the projections available and prize picks offers projections on any sport that you watch so you can play this daily fantasy game any day including nfl nba golf uh, college football college basketball Esports, soccer, NASCAR, MMA, boxing, you name it, you can find projections at prize picks for just about any pro or amateur sport. Download the prize picks app or go to prizepicks.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code locked on. If you deposit $100, prize picks will give you $100. If you deposit $50, prize picks will give you $50. Don't forget to enter promo code locked on at sign up. For an instant deposit match up to $100. I got a shout out, Croc, JT O'Sullivan. I was watching his college film breakdown of Brock Purdy. And his comp, he said he reminded him a little bit of Tony Romo. Mm. I thought that was a really good one. Because, you know, not the most imposing figure. 
wasn't a highly drafted player. Has a little bit of that playmaker quality to him, right? I think that's a really good comp in the non. We everyone wants to comp him to quarterbacks who've played under Shanahan, but if you go away from the Shanahan tree of quarterbacks, I think Tony Rome was a pretty good comp for for Brock Purdy, sort of stylistically in how he plays and his sort of you know physical skill set. Maybe Romo had a better arm, but I, I think uh, a, a lot of people, including myself actually made that comparison with uh, Jimmy Garoppolo. So it kind of makes a little sense in the sense of, uh, you know, just some of the things that you get from Purdy in the system, Jimmy Garoppolo-esque, as opposed to like, let's say, Trey Lance, right, where it just stylistically looks different. But I do like the Tony Romo thing a little bit more for Purdy because one thing that Tony Romo did extremely well, his movement Mm -hmm. with it, like his escapability out of the pocket. Now, I, I... Right now, now we're talking about 22-year-old Brock Purdy. I think he can run a little better than Romo, you know, at his peak or, you know, whenever. But it's just in the sense of escapability to make a play or throw on the move. I think he did that. Tony Romo did that better than Garoppolo. And I think Brock Purdy Mm -hmm. so far has shown a a better ability to do that through, again, small sample size. And even though Purdy doesn't have some cannon arm, he still throws a, a, a pretty good deep ball, a very accurate ball. Uh, he's got so much anticipation. And so it, it makes him, the way he plays a little bit more aggressive than Jimmy Garoppolo. And it, it makes for bigger plays, even though he doesn't have some cannon arm. Because I think, I, I and look, the important things, and we're talking about all the important traits that, that quarterbacks can have. You can have all the height, weight, speed, cannon arm in the world. But if you don't have the things we're talking about with Purdy, you're still not going to be good. But even though Purdy is maybe not 6'6 and have, uh, Justin Herbert's arm, he can still be a really good quarterback with the physical skill set he has because of the other traits he's starting to show. And again, it's only a couple games. We got to calm down, I think, a little bit on the hype, but he looked exactly in his second game uh, like he did in his first game. So that was a really positive sign. All right. And maybe even a little bit better, right? Uh, I think part of it, you know, throwing the ball, right? Not having the biggest of arm. Because when I start talking about arm strength and saying that, hey, like, you know, this kid doesn't have a, a big arm. Well, you don't have to have a big arm to be able to throw the ball down the field. It's really more so for like just certain drive throws. And there's going to be some heat-seeking missiles that you might see a Josh Allen or Herbert or even a Trey Lance throw, and you're like, well, our, you know, Brock Purdy can't make that throw, but he might make a throw that just looks a little different. Throwing downfield, I think that has to do more with confidence. And really, if you watch Jimmy Garoppolo, because everybody talks about him throwing the deep ball, in college and really early on with the Patriots, he throw the ball down the field. And since then, there's been something that has kind of been stripped away from him with his confidence, whether it's his own, you know, inability to really connect vertically down the field or uh, just, I don't know, but he's super hesitant to really pull the trigger or even have his eyes work downfield. It could be maybe getting hit. Maybe after so many times you're getting hit in the pocket, you, you just be you know, a, little, a little reluctant to get the ball down the field to wait to throw those passes Mm. where right now Brock Purdy just doesn't know any better. So he's letting it rip regardless and he's taking shots and everybody's so excited, man, he took a big hit and he put that ball on the money. You know, after five games of taking those shots, does he still say, Oh yeah, I'm still going to take this shot. I'm still going to stand in there. And and that's a big quality in itself. And if he does, again, you'll continue to learn more and more about him each week, but you do keep saying, you know, kind of, Hey, we're referencing a small sample size. And I was talking to my brother about it. I'm like, man, what do you think about Brock Purdy? Because my brother, he's a Dallas Cowboy fan. And he was like, well, we had Cooper Rush 
who was like undefeated as a Cowboy quarterback and then played against the Eagles. He threw three interceptions and everybody's like, oh, he sucks. Get him out of here, Dak. But they were all saying, oh, get rid of Dak Prescott for Cooper Rush. Four games in when Cooper yeah. Rush was 4-0. and Yeah. And then all of a sudden, you got, a, you got an ugly game. You kind of come to, back down to earth a little bit and people are like, ah, get the other guy. So we're not anticipating that happening. But there are a lot of scenarios of kind of getting excited about a player and then it hits the fan. But right now, again, everything that we've talked about with Purdy has been in a very positive light because all we've seen is really good and really, really encouraging. It was kind of the same story with Nick Mullins, too. Like how crazy people were going with Nick Mullins and how good he was. And there's all, you know, the they always show the stats. Remember, it was the stats of like there's the Tom Sula, how he was one to know, and it showed Bill Walsh, Seifert, Tom Sula, you know, and it's the same thing with uh with Nick <laughs> Mullins. And it's like, all right, calm down a little bit. But yeah, so we'll see what it ends up looking like with Brock different Brock. quarterbacks. We, we yeah. gotta make sure we say that, right? Like uh, similar in certain traits that probably Kyle like with Mullins. I think Mullins might have been Scangrillo's guy, I think. Yeah, and some people think that they look so much alike that it was like his long lost son too, which I see <laughs> right. that, that, might, that story might have legs. It, it, it might, right? So uh, a, a little different, but what was what were some of the things about Mullins that we like, right? And you can kind of if you just talked about some of the things with Nick Mullins, there's a lot similar, right? Just very similar, uh, serious personality, mm -hmm. uh, you know, command of the yeah. playbook. Yeah, they always talked about how he was the smartest quarterback on the roster, right? A lot of people picked up on that. The Grant Cohn brought that up a lot, where it's like Mullins is the smartest quarterback on his roster. There was a time where think, uh, Grant tell you, he was like, oh, get Jimmy out of here and keep Nick Mullins. And then we kind of shortly after that found out, like, oh, I probably don't want to do that, <laughs> right? But um, similar characteristics, uh, Mullins knew where to go with the ball a lot of times, but then there started to be just these limitations that pop up. And again, not saying that that's going to happen with Brock Purdy. I feel like we have to keep kind of referencing that because we have no idea. But we are saying we have kind of seen scenarios where these things have happened. And Brock Purdy is his own man. Brock Purdy is his own player. Uh, you know, how it works out, hopefully 49 win a Super Bowl with him, and then you have another really good problem to have on your hand yeah. with, okay, yeah. well, what do we do at the quarterback position? But at the very least, you know, hey, I'm in a good situation with this quarterback position. I think one thing is clear. We've seen a big enough sample now with Brock Purdy and seeing Trey and seeing Jimmy and seeing Brock Purdy. Now both Trey Lance and Brock Purdy just have that more, more aggressive mindset, the more aggressive eyes and yeah. are, are willing to make that throw that. And it's not because Brock Purdy is and like, you could say with oh Trey Lance has a better arm so he can make other throws. You can't really say that that much about Brock Purdy. Uh, versus Jimmy Garoppolo, you know, so they're clearly more aggressive, have more aggressive eyes willing to take the shots that, that Jimmy Garoppolo really has it. And he, we're always wondering, is that because of Kyle's because of Jimmy? I think we can really start to realize, yeah, you know what? That is probably more on Jimmy. But no, it's because of Jimmy. We watch the film. You see guys running open and, you know, you got JTL Sullivan doing breakdowns. You talk about yeah. his Brock Purdy, Iowa State breakdown. But watching the different Broncos game it's like, how do you not like this matchup? How do you not see this guy? Lined up over your receiver and at least take a peek at that, right? Like, yeah. just it, that's not even in his mind. His mind is Kyle Shanahan said, throw the dig route. I'm going to throw the dig route into triple coverage. Like, you know, super robotic with it. And we talked about, uh, you know, Brock Purdy says, well, I just do what Kyle tells me to do. But maybe Kyle says, hey, you can work from here to here. And Jimmy is just like, uh, I'm just going to work from here 
and stay there. <laughs> you know, but from here to Christian McCaffrey. <laughs> the yeah, the old mooch touchdown to check down. Yeah. So Pur- Purdy's thinking touchdown. Yeah, he's if it's there, he's gonna take it. Um tease a little bit for tomorrow's Winky Wednesday episode. Is it time for me to take the L when I said the 49ers shouldn't give up everything they gave for Christian McCaffrey at the trade? deadline we'll get to that and a ton more have more news on 49ers practices coming up on the next episode of locked on 49ers thanks everybody for making us your first listen check out locked on nfl draft and the peacock and williamson show every day right here on the locked on podcast network catch you next time